0: Welcome to Barely Audible Whisper, a weekly NPR parody podcast in no way associated with NPR, brought to you in no part by the following parody sponsors.
1: The Michael Bloomberg Presidential Campaign. We don't want to be sponsored by Michael Bloomberg's presidential campaign, but he's spending so much real money, he bought out all our fake sponsors.
0: The Michael Bloomberg Business School for Explaining the Business Model of the Businesses Billionaires Own to Billionaires That Own Businesses. Because somehow a presidential candidate who owns a major news outlet seems surprised when major news outlets dug into his past.
1: And the obscene combination of wealth and bigotry. It's not just for Donald Trump anymore. I am Dave. And I am Molly. And if our voices were any lower, they'd be Michael Bloomberg's delegate count.
0: Our top story this week... President Trump pardoned a bunch of corrupt, white-collar criminal scumbags this week, because at this point, why the hell not?
1: For a deeper look at Trump's pardons is the ghost of Robin Leach, the former host of the 1980s hit show Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, who is doomed to explain Trump's corruption to a parody podcast for all eternity as punishment for glorifying the empty materialism that ultimately led to Trump's presidency. Because at this point, why the hell not?
2: Hello, I'm Robin Leach. I died last year, and nobody noticed.
3: I can pardon whoever I want.
1: As always, our Trump impersonator is a woman, because we hear he hates that.
3: And I want to pardon Rob Blagojevich, the former Democratic governor of Illinois, who got caught on tape trying to sell Obama's vacated Senate seat for money because... Unlike all the other Democrats who are totally corrupt, Rob Lagojevich was imprisoned for corruption.
2: Indeed, the only bipartisan thing Trump has done as president was commuting the sentence of a corrupt Democratic governor who most Democrats wish was still in jail.
3: Sometimes you have to reach across the aisle and work with the other party on the issues that matter to you the most. And getting away with corrupt abuse of power is the issue that matters to me the most.
2: Rod Blagojevich, the former Celebrity Apprentice contestant, who is almost as bad at being a reality show contestant as he was at being governor, isn't even the most corrupt piece of feces on this feces-filled
4: reality show of injustice. Hello, I'm Michael Milken, a.k.a. the Junk Bond King. And I was busted for securities fraud in 1990 after having been behind some of the worst insider trading and short-selling schemes that crashed the stock market in the 80s.
3: Such a great guy.
4: I'm such a corrupt piece of Wall Street trash that the legendary movie villain Gordon Gecko from the movie Wall Street is based on me. I'm literally the inspiration for Gordon Gecko's famous motto, greed is good.
3: Gordon Gekko is the greatest moral philosopher of our time.
4: Trump
2: cited Milken's recent charitable work as part of his justification for granting him a pardon. So you know that's on the up and up.
3: The Trump Charitable Foundation is the best charitable foundation in the history of charitable foundations because Trump keeps all of the money.
2: The pardon of former San Francisco 49ers owner Edward DeBartolo Jr., who was caught bribing a governor with $400,000 cash in exchange for a gambling license, combined Trump's love of corrupt abuse of executive power with his passion for failed casinos.
3: Nobody bankrupts casinos better than Trump.
2: Although multiple media outlets are reporting that the real reason Trump pardoned DeBartolo is simply because 49ers legendary receiver Jerry Rice asked him to.
3: What can I say? I like black former 49 ers stars who don't kneel during the national anthem.
2: And speaking of not-white guys, Trump pardoned Angela Stanton, a reality TV star, convicted participant in a stolen car ring, very distant relative of Dr. Martin Luther King and vocal Trump supporter.
3: Blacks for Trump! Blacks for Trump!
2: Trump also commuted the 35 year prison sentence of Judith Negron, who was convicted in 2011 for orchestrating a $205 million Medicare fraud scheme. <laughs>
3: The funny thing about that is that the only idea Trump has ever offered to curtail his ballooning deficit is to crack down on Medicare fraud and abuse.
2: (laughs) But as wealthily scummy as these gold-plated scumbags are, Bernard Carrick is the scummiest piece of platinum pond scum slithering in Trump's gilded scum pond. I was then Mayor Rudy Giuliani's lackey who he corruptly named police chief before I was eventually convicted of tax fraud and lying to White House officials as part of another corrupt scheme to try to get myself appointed head of Homeland Security. But that's not even the scummy part. The scummy part was when, as New York City police chief, in the immediate aftermath of 9-11, Bernard Kerrick Used the downtown apartments the city had rented to house the weary heroes working at Ground Zero as a sex pad from which to cheat on his wife.
3: Such a great guy.
2: I'm Robin Leach, and much like myself, the rule of law is dead. Let's just hope more people notice. Mm-hmm.
0: White House senior advisor and racist Muppet villain Stephen Miller got married last weekend.
1: CNN's Anna Navarro had the funniest take on the unholy union of
0: Stephen Miller and just about anybody.
5: God help us. It is going to procreate.
0: Conservatives are lambasting Navarro for this comment because to call a man whose immigration policy hinges on treating refugees as inhuman, it is apparently going too far. The newly christened Mrs. Katie
1: Miller is Mike Pence's press secretary because the only thing more incestuous than Trump supporters is the Trump White House.
0: Not a lot is known about the ceremony because even the Elvis impersonator hired for the event was forced to sign a non-disclosure agreement. That means we get to make
1: it all up.
4: daily beloved, Dear white people, we are gathered here today to witness the joining of forces, I mean union, of President Trump and Mike Pence. I, I, I mean Stephen Miller and Katie Wildman. Who gives this woman to become the property of this man? I do, but I cannot stand next to her without my wife, Mother, present. I'm not gay. And now a scripture reading.
5: Exodus, 22, 21. Do not mistreat or oppress a foreigner. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. James 2, 4. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? I'm kidding again. <laughs> okay. Ahab 666. And the two, a heterosexual man and a heterosexual woman, shall be joined as one, and their hatred shall become stronger, and through them America shall be made greater again.
4: That's not a real Bible verse. But that may be for the best, since reading the Holy Scripture might cause the groom to burst into flame. The bride and groom have written their own vows. Katie, go ahead. Uh
3: Steven, from the day I met you, I knew that you were the only man in the world who could see me as I truly am, a stone-hearted racist villain, and actually like that about me. I promise with all my heart to honor, love, and obey you. For as long as it's politically convenient.
4: Stephen,
6: Steven. Katie, I'm not good at expressing my feelings, because I don't have them. But looking at you, I sort of wish I had feelings. Not really. If I had feelings, I couldn't do my job. But almost, because you're pretty, and you're willing to have conversations with me, which You know, most women don't. Uh, I promise with all my heart, which doesn't exist, to agree to be known as your husband and maybe try to impregnate you with my spawn at some point for as long as it's politically convenient.
4: Lovely. As a minister with zero scruples, I'm happy to receive a check in exchange for pronouncing you man and wife. You may now envelop the bride's mouth with your own. (coughs) I, I now present to you the unholy abomination that is Mr. and Mrs. Stephen Miller.
6: That's
1: nice. As always, our Trump impersonator is still a woman, because we hear he still hates that.
3: Everybody move! I get to talk now. This is my building with my name on it, and this is the part of the wedding where you have to listen to me now. I throw the best weddings in the best buildings with the best toilets that you only have to flush one time. If anyone here knows of any reason they'd like to be pardoned for corruption, speak now or forever hold your pizza. One more thing. I understand that there is a tradition where the bride has to lie with her king on her wedding night. I would like to exercise this right. Mr. President,
2: we talked about
4: this.
3: I'm not a baby. (sighs) Fine. Have your stupid wife, Stephen Miller.
4: And now, to kick off the celebration, for some reason, an Elvis impersonator.
7: Well, thank you very much. Stephen helped me rewrite these lyrics a little, so uh, well, here we go. Are you evil enough? Is your mind filled with stuff? Like how to persecute? for refugees? Does your mind often stray to imagine a way to forcibly part families? Do you think that white people are inherently best Do you care for your own kind and fuck all the rest Is your heart filled with hate If so, I think that's great Tell me dear, are you even Well, take it, Stephen. I wonder if you're evil enough.
6: You know, I, I never thought I'd find someone who would work as hard as I do to keep foreigners out of this country. But when we instituted my policy for separating children from their parents, keeping them in cages, you were there. And when we deprived those children of hygiene, medical care, attention and affection you were there you see who I am and what I believe in and you don't run screaming I think that's a pretty special thing is your heart filled with hate if so I think That's great! Tell me,
7: dear, are you evil enough?
3: I... I... I think I am.
6: (laughs) I love you as much as I'm capable of doing.
0: Rural conservatives living in the eastern part of the liberal state of Oregon have filed a petition to allow a ballot measure that would allow eastern Oregon to secede from the state of Oregon and become part of Idaho.
1: The proposal to join Idaho, which its proponents never ran
3: by
0: Idaho, prompted Idaho to respond, Uh,
3: Wait, what?
0: For more on this dumb ballot measure, barely audible whisper turns to our dumb ballot measure correspondent, Stuart Pidmeasure.
4: Hello, I'm Stu Pidmeasure, stupid ballot measure correspondent. And boy, is this ballot measure stupid. We are sick and
2: tired. Of living in a state full of Portland liberals.
5: I'm a gender non-conforming, non-binary, normative gender, binary sexual. Which means even though I conform to normative gender and binary sexual orientations, I conform to my normative binariness as a non-conforming, non-binary.
4: While Portland liberals are admittedly annoying- I
5: only eat organic vegan meat substitutes that mimic the flavor of organic free-range meats. Because even tofurkey has the right to the freedom.
4: The plan to simply secede from the liberal state you live in and declare yourself one of your more conservative neighbors is an idiotic combination of entitled and poorly thought through. It isn't fair. Why should the government get to do what we don't want them to do just because we keep losing elections? The plan called A Greater Idaho isn't just stupid because of how stupid the plan is. The stupidity of this stupid plan actually manages to achieve a level of stupidity even more stupid than the stupidity of the stupid plan. We're tired of all these damn
2: socialist government social damn programs.
4: All of the economically depressed counties that want to leave the big government nanny state of Oregon are what economists call upside down, which means they take in more in government aid than they pay in taxes. That's right. The supporters of this measure want to leave a state whose liberal policies they rely on to join a state far less likely to keep them on the dole. I hate cashing my stupid socialist check every week. I want to cash a more capitalist,
2: unearned government check.
4: Also, I know we mentioned this in the intro, but I cannot stress enough just how stupid this part of the Greater Idaho Plan is. There is no evidence that any of the supporters of the Greater Idaho Plan have asked anybody in Idaho if Idaho is on board with their Oregonian plan to build a Greater Idaho.
3: I really feel like we should have been consulted about this.
4: But we're rural conservatives,
6: and Idaho is full of rural conservatives. And if rural conservatives
4: are known for anything, it's welcoming outsiders into their community. not only is counting on rural conservatives' welcoming attitude towards outsiders stupid in general, counting on Idaho's welcoming attitude towards outsiders is stupid specifically.
5: Welcome
3: to Idaho. Now go home.
4: That's an actual slogan from an actually popular Idaho bumper sticker aimed at a recent influx of conservative Californians who fled the liberal policies of their home state for the refuge of conservative Idaho.
3: What part of modern conservatism made you people think refugees would be welcomed?
4: I get that you hate foreigners, but
6: we hate foreigners too. So we can't really be foreigners if we hate foreigners. So don't think of us as foreigners. Think of us as locals who hate foreigners
4: who just happen to be foreign. This ballot measure is almost certain to fail, but then again, so is Donald Trump. And just like Donald Trump, stupid plans for state secessions are a popular source of Russian social media disinformation campaigns.
5: Screwing around with American map amplifies division and resentment in American politics. Plus, it makes American students even worse at geography.
2: As a Trump supporter who believes that Hillary hacked her own emails, causing her to lose the election, so that she could frame Trump for colluding with Russia to steal the election, I resent the idea that I could be influenced by a Russian misinformation campaign.
5: Together, we build greater Idaho. Because at this point, why the hell not? hmm
0: The Democratic primary is heating up, and despite Democrats' repeated cries for party unity, the election of a party leader is causing massive infighting.
1: We here at Barely Audible Whisper are no exception, as a disagreement over Bernie Sanders has led to the first tiff in the insufferable bromance of Dan and Dave.
2: Oh, Dave, you're so talented and funny and. Always in complete lockstep agreement with all of my political opinions. I love you.
0: Oh, Dan. You're so talented and funny and always in complete lockstep agreement with all of my political opinions. I love you, too. I love you almost
2: as much as I love my wife. You're my second choice. Like Bernie Sanders.
0: You bastard! (laughs) (laughs) Bernie Sanders is my least favorite Democratic candidate. Candidate, uh, You bastard! Uh. Uh. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh. Is this what has become of political discourse? Two platonic lovers slapping each other back and forth like the illegitimate love child of a soap opera on a Fox News debate show? Let's not fight.
2: Let's engage in a reasonable debate like adults used to. Oh!
1: And so, Barely Audible Whisper presents a point-counterpoint discussing the pros and cons of Bernie Sanders. As always, our Trump impersonator is a woman, because we hear he hates that. But our Sanders impersonator is that same woman, simply because Corey does a great Sanders impersonation. So try not to read into that.
0: Point! Bernie Sanders, like Donald Trump, blames his failures on imagined conspiracies against him without offering any evidence to support his claims. The
8: Democratic Party and the media conspired against me to give the nomination to Hillary, who, even though she got more votes, should not have beaten me because
3: Debbie Wasserman Schultz said she didn't like me in an email. The fake news media and the do-nothing Democrats are a hoax because Lisa Page and Peter Strzok wrote mean text messages about me.
2: Counterpoint. At least Sanders has evidence of a conspiracy to work from. The DNC emails aren't exactly a smoking gun, but they're not nothing either. And while Sanders supporters were planning to boycott the election and stick it to the establishment, Sanders said,
8: Our credibility as a movement will be damaged by booing turning of backs, walking out, or other similar displays. We want the party to unify to elect Hillary Clinton and defeat Donald Trump.
2: Even if we try reading that in the most conspiratorial tone, that speech sounds like a call to unity. You can't make that quote sound sinister.
8: Our credibility as a movement will be damaged by booing, turning of backs, walking out, or other similar displays. We want the party to unify to elect Hillary Clinton and defeat Donald Trump.
2: Point. Bernie has shown a lot of respect for his fellow candidates and hinted that several of them might be in his cabinet.
8: Elizabeth Warren is a person who I would definitely want heavily involved in my administration. These people up here with me, I'm not saying I put them all in my cabinet, but hey, they're good people. We could do worse. And let's face it, If I make your favorite candidate my VP, decent chance you get your wish within eight years.
0: Counterpoint. When confronted with multi-sourced news reports that he told Elizabeth Warren that a woman could not beat President Trump, Sanders insisted that he wouldn't say that, while carefully refusing to deny that he did say that.
8: I would never say what I will not deny I said. I believe, as I have said before, that a woman should be president. But having said that, I will not say that I did not say that a woman cannot be president. Even though I believe that she should. Even though I may have said she can't. Which, even if I said it,
0: I would never say. Point! Bernie Sanders is a terrible messenger for progressive policies. All of his talking points are tired old leftist tropes, and his arguments have no appeal beyond people who are already predisposed to agree with them.
8: America is the only country in the industrialized world, whose people aren't persuaded by arguments about America being the only country in the industrialized world. The 1% controls 90% of the percentage that should be redistributed to the 99%, who control a disproportionately low percent of the percentage.
2: I disagree. Bernie's a great messenger. Politics is a battle of buzzwords. I think this is why Bernie has been more successful than Warren so far. He's better at condensing his ideas to easily repeatable catchphrases.
8: Medicare for... Corporate socialism, Wall Street greed, billionaire class, gun manufacturer liability, affordable nutrition, Green New Deal.
2: Point. The American public has trouble understanding what's wrong with our healthcare system. No one is doing a better job than Bernie of explaining it, though, because we only understand a problem if there's a villain.
5: I hit my deductible last year, so I got charged nothing when I needed stitches last Christmas. My point is, I like my insurance.
8: No, you don't. This is your insurance plan. I'm Baron Copay, insurance villain.
2: You'll pay several hundred dollars every month, and in exchange, I'll protect you from exorbitant medical bills. But whenever you need care, you still have to pay part of it until you hit an extremely high figure. Because all of this comes out of your paycheck, you won't pay much attention to it, which also allows us to jack up the prices. And it's all tied to your employment, so you'll be terrified to leave a job that
5: mistreats you. Hey, wait, I don't like that.
0: Told you so. Counterpoint, reducing our discourse to buzzwords and villains, is how we got into this mess in the first place.
3: They the wall. Hordes of illegal, gang member terrorists rapist aliens, no collusion, except by the Democrats,
0: make America great again. Point! Bernie Sanders is the walking negative stereotype of everything Middle America fears about the murky accusation of socialism.
8: I honeymooned in Moscow, which at the time was the capital of the Communist Soviet Union, where I adopted a penchant for repeating the word revolution in all of my speeches and decided to fashion my hair like a communist who traded his hairbrush for a place at the front of the breadline
2: counterpoint bernie sanders is the walking anti-type of everything middle america hates about politicians
8: fancy clothes expensive haircuts corporate donations who needs them i save 10 seconds every day by not running a comb through my hair And another two minutes by always leaving each of my five ties pre-tied. Those saved minutes, they add up.
2: Point. Bernie is really good at keeping the argument on track. If someone tries to throw a distracting talking point out there, he doesn't let it happen. He smiles as if to say, cute trick, and then jumps back on track. And if there's a mischaracterization in the middle of a question, he'll stop the question to get it right.
5: Why would it be a good idea for the government to completely take over health care when they had so much trouble? Now hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it.
8: That's not a true statement. I'm not advocating for the U.S. government to take over the healthcare system. It's an expansion of Medicare, which already exists.
2: Imagine how well that'll hold up against Trump in a debate.
3: Crazy socialist Bernie Sanders wants you all to pay for socialist free socialist college. Cute trick! I am not a socialist. Socialist is
8: not the same thing as democratic socialists. In the same way that apple is not the same thing as pineapple.
0: Counterpoint. The insistence on the left of engaging in semantic arguments about the definitions of socialism versus democratic socialism is exactly why we consistently lose. Insisting on embracing a label that has so many negative connotations for the sake of proving an academic point may explain why every fight Bernie brags about having led is, not coincidentally, a fight he lost.
8: I led the opposition to the wars in
0: Vietnam, Afghanistan,
8: and Iraq. I led the fight to raise the minimum wage, and I will continue to lead the Washington generals in the fight to one day win a game against the Harlem Globetrotters.
0: Point. Bernie bros are assholes.
2: Counterpoint. Actually, yeah, Bernie bros are complete assholes.
3: Like sand in our democracy, these are the Dan and Dave's of our lives.
0: I love you. Even though you're wrong,
8: my suits never fit because they hand me down.
0: This week, the Federal Judges Association called an emergency meeting in response to the growing law and order crisis created by President Trump's flagrant interference in the sentencing process of his political ally and longtime associate, convicted felon Roger Stone. The emergency meeting of the Federal
1: Judges Association adds the existence of the Federal Judges Association to the long list of suddenly important things we didn't have to care about before Trump became president.
0: Barely audible whisper obtained audio of the Federal Judges Association's emergency meeting. Actually, it was a conference call, but we need to pretend it was a meeting in order for our premise to work.
5: And now for the most head-splitting part of a meeting of over 1,000 judges. The gaveling in of the session. I understand that you're all judges, and therefore used to being the ones who do the gaveling. But as I am the chair of this committee, and I have a splitting headache, I move that I do all of the gaveling.
4: But gaveling is the only fun thing judges get to do.
5: All in favor, aye. All opposed? Nay! Nay. The motion fails. Do you really have to gavel my motion against gaveling? This emergency meeting of the Federal Judges Association was called to address the grave implications of President Trump's abuses of power aimed at the independence of the judiciary. What the hell?
4: Oh, sorry. I was gaveling my approval for what you just said.
5: You don't gavel approval for a speaker. You applaud.
4: But gaveling is more fun. It's
5: not a question of being more fun. I second the motion to replace applause with gaveling. That wasn't a motion, it was a All stick. All in favor?
7: Aye! Aye.
5: Very well. The statement that somehow became a motion is adopted. It was already adopted. You don't need to gavel that.
4: But we're not gaveling to gavel the motion to replace applause with gaveling. We're gaveling to applaud the motion that replaces applause with gaveling. Yeah.
5: Like I was saying... We are here to decide what courses of action we may take to maintain the constitutionally prescribed independence of the judiciary in the face of the relentless pressure President Trump is applying, like so many gavels banging against our brains.
4: We could release a statement strongly affirming our support for Judge Berman Jackson's authority and ability to adjudicate her own independent evidence-based sentence for Roger Stone.
5: All in favor? Aye. Aye!
3: We could amend that statement to be applicable not just to Judge Jackson, but to the ability and necessity of all judges to independently adjudicate our own case. All in favor? Aye!
5: Okay.
2: We could further amend the statement to include language critical of President Trump's use of the Justice Department as a political tool.
5: All in favor? Aye! Aye. To stop gabbling in each individual suggestion and instead hold off until we've compiled a complete list of actions and then gavel them in all at once. <laughs> oh, thank God. Okay, the motion passes.
4: No, it didn't. We were gaveling our disapproval.
5: What?
3: It's like applause gabbling, but the opposite. Duh. Oh. Great.
5: Only 30 more motions to consider. <laughs> The preceding sketch was brought to you by Trump-era ibuprofen. Fight the headache that comes from fighting Trump with Trump-era ibuprofen. Now available in Failing Democracy Strength.
0: Last week, in an interview with Rachel Maddow, historian Timothy Snyder, whose books such as On Tyranny and The Road to Unfreedom make him among the world's foremost experts on why democracies fail discussed practical ways in which ordinary citizens can help fight for democracy in a country where democracy is failing.
1: Because, yes, that really is where we are right now.
0: One of Snyder's suggestions was to, quote, glamorize the rule of law. So, naturally, we concocted a sketch in which legendary glam rocker David Bowie glamorizes the rule of law
1: because Barely Audible whisper takes our role as responsible citizens very seriously.
0: Hey, man!
2: Glamour icon David Bowie here, and I can glamorize anything, so why not glamorize the rule of law?
5: I'm Lady Justice. I wear a blindfold and carry scales, which symbolize... Ow! Ow! Oh, okay. Ow. I bumped into a wall and dropped my scales. Let's face it. There's nothing glamorous about a blindfolded woman.
2: Nonsense, Lady Justice. Women in blindfolds can be very sexy indeed.
5: Oh, oh my. I appear to have dropped my scales again.
2: Yes, I have that effect on a lot of women. And Mick Jagger. And a fourteen-year-old girl.
5: Statutory rape is a crime.
2: Yes, a man who was never held accountable for his crime. Advocating rule of law in a time and space in which I'm not even alive is a space oddity. But then again, Thomas Jefferson was a champion of the concept of liberty and a slave owner. But he was just a young American.
5: American, (laughs) See what I did there?
2: Slave Sally Hemings. The sex I forced you to have with me was delightful, but I must confess my greatest pleasure is the work I've done to ensure that in America, everyone is equal, endowed with liberty, and that no one is above the law, because government requires the consent of the government.
3: Wow. You don't see the irony at all, do
2: you? Jefferson's praise of liberty Equality and consent are as important today as they were when he first uttered them to the slave he raped.
5: There's nothing glamorous about that.
2: But in an irony that was somehow missed by your slave-owning forefathers, their founding concept of liberty, which they applied to a tea tax but not to black people, would itself be used as the foundation for not only freeing slaves... But all ongoing efforts to right the wrongs of your founders with the founding principles they founded.
5: Wow. Rule of law really is glamorous. I really am sexy in my blindfold and... oh, oh, I bumped into a wall and dropped my scales again. Who am I kidding? I'll never be glamorous.
4: Your
2: glamour lies in standing still. You see, when Lady Liberty gets moved and cajoled and manipulated about, she tends to crash into a wall and drop her scales.
5: What do you mean?
2: Do you remember President Nixon? It's not a crime if the president does it. President Nixon is the least glamorous human being in all of recorded history.
0: Fame! Makes a man take things over. Fail. Let some to swallow. Fail.
2: Nixon tried to put himself above the rule of law, but eventually his crimes were exposed, and he was forced to resign in disgrace. Under
0: pressure, coming down on me.
5: Richard Nixon was the opposite of glamour, and the opposite of respect for the rule of law. Which means by applying the law of transitive properties, which is also a law, the rule of law is actually the most glamorous thing in history. Let's dance.
2: Just stand there real still, we covered this.
5: Oh right. Moving the rule of law around causes Lady Liberty to crash into a wall and drop her scales. How could I forget such a painfully unsubtle metaphor?
2: Your glamour lies in your stoic and statuesque dedication to equality under law.
3: When you're the president, Lady Justice lets you do it.
2: As always, our Trump impersonator is a woman, which is unfortunate in this case because I made androgyny glamorous.
3: I can grab her by the pussy. I'm getting out of here. Owie! Her stone statue pussy hurt my very big hand. <laughs> <laughs> I bumped into
5: a wall and dropped my scales again.
2: Unfortunately, President Trump's total assault on the rule of law is unlike anything America has ever seen.
3: I have absolute immunity from everything.
2: Absolute power is the tyranny of kings.
3: In this case, even if you apply the appropriate historical irony, Jefferson's got a solid point.
0: Even I didn't have the to try and argue absolute power.
5: Ground control to Major Tom. My engine's dead. There's something wrong. But
2: luckily, heroes like Lieutenant Colonel Vindman and Ambassador Marie Yovanovitch have emerged to tell the truth. Journalists continue to report the truth. And leaders like Adam Schiff have attempted to prosecute the truth. And if we all in our own way, stand up for the truth, and do what we can to protect and glamorize the rule of law, then we can be heroes just for one
0: day. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Barely Audible Whisper, made possible by the following people, writer, co-host, and producer Dave Baldwin. Co host Molly Brown, writer and actor Daniel Carter Brown, actors Allie Glonick, Tommy Strack, and Corey Burns. Please subscribe to us, Ruby's Group, subscribe to your podcast, and follow us on social media and uh, check out all the cool stuff on our YouTube page. We appreciate your support.
3: <laughs>
2: you see, when Lady Litton. Lady Litton. <laughs> Labia Liberty.
0: Labia Liberty's her name. Not in the cell.
2: That's what we call a Freudian slit.
5: A Freudian clit? <laughs> or that. <bad. laughs>
2: Humorous!